ABC Business, the construction industry's innovation and technology show. Hello and welcome to this episode of the AEC Business Podcast. My name is Arni Heiskanen and I have two guests, Nate Fuller, founder and director of Placer Solutions, and Erin Khan, a construction technology consultant. And we'll discuss construction technology, of course, but more specifically, augmented and mixed reality. Um, first of all, Nate, can you tell us briefly about yourself and your company, Placer Solutions? Yeah, thanks, Arnie. So Placer Solutions was founded in 2020. Um, you know, my career is in construction. I spent 10 years at Bechtel, um, really kind of traveling all over the world on big Bechtel projects, and then ended up in San Francisco around 2015, where we founded the the Office of Innovation at Bechtel, um, and you know, did that for three years. And it really just kind of ventured out now to kind of take those best practices to the wider industry, which is where we are now with Placer Solutions. And Erin, um, you're a construction technology expert, and you, I, I saw on your profile on LinkedIn that you had a lot of experience in the field. So how do you, how do you nowadays advance uh, change in the industry? Yeah, absolutely. And thanks for having us on, Arnie. Really appreciate the chance to be on the podcast. So... Um, I guess kind of similar to Nate's background, spent about a decade or so on the construction side, um, GC side, so two different general contractors. And my very first experience was as a project engineer intern, um, boots on the ground, really into the details of day in and day out of you know the nitty gritty of coordination. Um, so having that perspective myself from having to manage and run different trades and kind of see that process end to end, uh, basically in the driver's seat is really what informs um, my innovation efforts and how I've historically supported construction teams over the years. Uh, so for me, it really comes down to starting with the process and understanding, you know, what problem is it that we're actually trying to solve here and then making, you know, smart, strategic, uh, informed, you know, hopefully very informed decisions around technology and which solutions to best apply to solve that problem. So that's that's it in a nutshell. Placer Solutions uh, publishes AE technology reports, and that's originally the reason why I actually contacted you, Nate, because I found one of your, you mentioned your report uh, on, on LinkedIn, I, I think. But can you explain us uh, what motivates you to do uh, all that and uh, what do you expect uh, to achieve with these reports? Yeah, so the reports that Placer Solutions put out are, are essentially a series of reports on, on different emerging technology topics and you know, kind of what I've identified over the years. Again, going back to the Office of Innovation at Bechtel in 2015, when we set that up, there was really you know, nothing out there around uh, emerging technology and construction, or if there was, it was, it was a lot of, um, it was a lot of hype, I guess. Um, and, and I, I don't know that that's really abated over the years. I, I think if anything, some of the, the hype has become even more pronounced. Um, I think a lot of the information that we get around construction technology is marketing spin, a lot of it's sponsored content. And so I see a place to really bring in, you know, high quality construction focused, information on these different emerging technology topics and and that's that's the void I'm, I'm hoping that these reports fill i hope people find them useful and valuable for their construction operations one of the recent reports that, that you did and co um, collaborated on is uh, about augmented reality and mixed reality in construction 
earlier this year I organized a, a panel discussion around this same topic and the panelists were felt really I would say disappointed or disillusioned about the state of technology uh, in this field and especially when when it comes to special hardware that you use the glasses and visors and so on but based on your study and and research how would you characterize the state of AR and MR in construction is it still hype uh, or something that we could start uh, considering seriously yeah i mean i think i think it's in an, i think it's in an interesting place at this point i think um you know from what aaron and i found during the course of this research is that um there is a lot of disillusionment i think a lot of folks have tried out some of the headsets in particular um and found them a little bit lacking particularly in the field um and you know really i think where that comes from is the fact that there was just so much excitement about it i mean if you go back to 2015 2016 when hololens put out their their initial headset and magic leap was putting out some very fantastical marketing material um people had a lot of excitement because it is a technology i think that has so much potential in the industry i mean it's literally the the the, dig, the back office digital information is projected in the field which is like the holy grail of construction right it closes the loop between architectures engineers and, and the uh, field workforce so there was a lot of excitement and, and i think there was a lot of disappointment because i think the technology wasn't quite where it needed to be um and i mean it's it's not it's no coincidence i guess that this was the first report we started with um and and the reason for that is 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 because of just all of the excitement around ar and a lot of the disappointment i think kind of summarizes in a nutshell a lot of emerging technology and construction um but i think i think where we are now in with augmented reality and mixed reality and love Aaron to chime in here as well. Um, I think where we are is we're at a place where people have learned a lot of lessons over the past 10 years. I think the technology providers in particular have become much more savvy um, about not overhyping their technology and really meeting the field workforce in construction where they are. Um, and and I think that I think in the next five to 10 years, I think there's a very good chance that we will have high quality headsets, um, augmented reality, um, and mixed reality headsets on job sites, and people will be using them in meaningful ways. Um, but and there's a there's a lot of opportunities we unveiled during the course of the research as well. But yeah, Aaron, do you want to you want to chime in here? Yeah, no, I definitely agree with all of that sentiment. I think it all ties back to what we heard over and over again, which is the first time user experience. So basically, when these uh, initial headsets came out onto the market, and there was all this hype a lot of users for the first time were expecting to be completely blown away and that just wasn't quite the case um and still today you know Nate, you know you mentioned tech providers are getting a lot more better about meeting the field teams where they're at with the capabilities and actually listening and understanding what they're trying to get out of it i think a lot of that first time user experience is starting to have a more positive um, outcome, if you will, and that in turn is driving better adoption. And I'll also throw out there, you know, we did some case studies or really dug deep into some case studies with the general contractors that are actively using what's on the market today and getting incredible results. Um, so there's also something to be said for just the maturity of the tech skill set that are in companies today. So as the workforce starts to get more and more mature with adopting tech and getting used to 
using things like 3D models and iPads and a little bit more sophisticated applications in the field, uh, we're definitely starting to see uh, a little bit of an easier on-ramp um, and, of course, that better first-time experience on the tool, which, again, drives uh, a bit more adoption for long the long term. I actually have tried out uh, HoloLens and Magic Leap uh, <laughs> when, when they came out. Uh, yeah, uh, but, but what would you say would be the mo most promising areas for extended reality um, uh, in, in, in construction? And uh, what are the ones that construction firms could start benefiting from day one? Uh, and uh, do you see any, how do you see it evolve in the future? So I have a, a couple that are top of mind. So one definitely is just quick verification checks in the field. Um, sanity check, is this in the right spot? take out your augmented reality app, be able to hold it up, do a quick alignment and say, yes, no, you know, this is good, or this is maybe I need to pull a measuring tape here and, and, and triple check this one. Um, so those quick sanity checks we found were, you know, came up time and time again with uh, users in the field who obviously need to make sure things are in the right spot um, as we do in construction. Uh, and then number two, the second use case that comes to mind is, you know, really fitting in with AR, MR applications is communication with the extended project team. Um, so for a lot of non-technical uh, individuals who may be on the project, uh, it's pretty difficult to look at a 2D plan and just use your imagination, if you will, to fill in the gaps and visualize what it is that you're actually building. Um, and especially with some of the designs that are out there today, they're very complex. Uh, there are a lot of different elements that come into play. Um, oftentimes you're working with an existing structure and building that uh, is also a, another factor into the design. So uh, anything that helps visualize and show in a more humanistic way, this is what's happening in this space. And here's how we can coordinate all of our different efforts to have a successful outcome. It's incredibly valuable. So um, th those say, are the so, two things that are top of mind. And Nate, please feel free to add. Yeah, and, and th those echo the use cases as well, right, Aaron? So yep. the two builders that we spotlight in the report, um, Hensel Phelps and BN Builders in Seattle, they, um, you know, with BN, they their use case was really around um, this pipe grid ceiling scope. And so it's a very complex scope. There's a lot of seismic cables and hangers that need to go in specific places for specific applications. And they were able to use the headset to identify where on the ceiling um, the, 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 the hangers go. Um, to Aaron's point, one of the really interesting conversations we had was with one of the foremen who was kind of the champion. Um, and maybe this was another takeaway from the research as well, is that you really need someone who kind of champions the stuff on a project. And it, and it can't be, it can't, it can't be the innovation lead and it can't be the technology guy. It has to be someone who's actually operationally effective in, in doing their work. And so it was this foreman on the project who got it into the hands of some of the young engineers who were coming onto the, onto the site because they were it was a long and complex scope and they were kind of cycling through carpenters but they were actually able to put the headset on someone coming onto the onto the scope and very quickly they were able to see exactly what it was so you know in prior years you would just hand them a stack of drawings and and expect them to spend a week kind of studying the drawings and understanding everything that goes together whereas here you had within 20 minutes the ability to really visualize the entire scope of work 
Um, so that was one. Hensel, and then Hensel Phelps was <laughs> at the Denver International Airport. Um, they were focused on using the the headsets for essentially owner walkthroughs. And, and I think this is a use case we we see a lot, especially with architects and engineers. Um, but the ability to visualize a remodel um, within a facility um, and, and see, for example, where an art installation is going or how the security um, checkpoints will will look like in space. So, so those were the two. I think the point I would make, though, especially with this technology and construction is that we're not at a lack for use cases. I, I think that, 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 that everyone generally has a good idea of like where the applications are. I think what's missing with AR and MR and construction is the processes on the builder side that make it effective. Um, and then a lack of, a lack of technology providers who really understand um, the industry and, and not at a broad level, but honestly, at a specific level, they're able to hone in on a specific customer segment and really just nail it rather than trying to boil the ocean with every single use case that's out there. I think I think if we can solve those two things, the, the technology will really take off. You, you already talked about uh, the headsets and, and the glasses. And I, I remember one, um, it was during the panel discussion, somebody uh, showed an example of a, it was a really complicated uh, construction of a wooden construction. I, I think it was a sculpture of sort. And um, it, they used HoloLens to assemble that really complicated geometry. But when they went outside to do, uh, they started uh, off uh, in, uh, inside a warehouse, but when they went, went outside, it was too bright. They couldn't see anything with the glasses. So maybe there are still some hardware issues as well to solve. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll tackle that one. I, th I think I think yeah. that that is exactly it. It's like it's like a three-legged stool. It's not just the builders and the and the software providers. There's also the hardware component as well, which just makes it infinitely more complex. Um, so that's that's absolutely right. Um, but I think I think we're bullish. I think we're bullish that aftermarket providers are going to come along that are able to solve some of these issues, if not the providers themselves. So, so you talked about the um, the process and how to integrate. Uh, uh, AR, MR in, into these processes, but but of course there also has to be software. And nowadays we have BIM, and I I've seen several applications of BIM models being used uh, with uh, with AR or MR. Uh, but do we still have something missing in from from the software side uh, to make it really work? I'll throw out there um, one thing I really wish could be way easier is anything that's in the 3D coordination space. So we see quite frequently that most teams need some sort of a specialized skill set to get the model, prepare the model, um, put it in the right format, segment it properly, and then push it successfully to the devices or the platform. Um, so I, if if I had a wish list, I really wish that software would be way, way easier um, and that it wouldn't take uh, necessarily a specialized virtual design and construction role or BIM coordinator or BIM manager role to um, be a, or a necessary ingredient for success. Um, I think the more that 3D capabilities are accessible and democratized and simple to use, the uh, more widespread it'll be. So I'll, I'll throw that out there as a first thought. And, we, and we've seen some of that, right? So, you know, the data models and industry foundation classes and ISO standards, 
I think one of the real real bright spots was um, building smarts new BIM collaboration format, um, Arnie, which I'm sure some of your listeners are familiar with. You know, developments like that I think are going to be really positive for the industry and for this technology in particular. Exactly to Aaron's point, because it 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 um, it makes the lift much less for folks to use it in the field. They don't need a specialized skill set to use it. So perhaps we need companies like Apple to join the <laughs> the game. So, and, and actually, I, I think you did. You mention Apple in, uh, in your report. We did, yeah, we did. Actually, it was so we had the report pretty much finished, and then App and, and and we knew it was coming, and we should have prepared for it. But then Apple released uh, their headset, and so yeah. we had to kind of yeah. scramble a little bit to pull something together there. No, I think it's a great development. I don't, Aaron, do you want to talk a bit about your your thoughts on Apple? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a step in the right direction. I think um, I, I haven't tried the headset yet myself, the Vision Pro, but um, uh, hopefully soon I will get a chance to do so. But I think with the way that they do design in general, um, it's, you know, we think of the iPad, right? Mass adoption with that. Um, it really had a big impact, I would say, um, in my experience with transforming construction from the ground up, just with how we view drawings. Um, the potential is there to do uh, the same thing in 3D. Um, I still do think there are probably a little ways to go with the hardware, as we kind of discussed. I think um, something that's rugged enough to be out on the job site, lightweight, uh, untethered is a big one for me personally. Um, so we'll see where that goes, but it's, it's definitely a really big step in, in the right direction from my perspective. Yeah, of course, Apple is serving uh, consumers main, mainly. So perhaps, I don't know if the construction industry is uh, big enough for uh, an opportunity for developers like, or companies like Apple, uh, but hopefully. I mean, I think, yeah, hopefully. I think, I think that, um, I, th I think that the, the software pieces, the SDKs and the AR kits and the the DevOps pieces that they bring um, to the table is going to be really useful regardless of the industry. So hopefully some savvy developers in the construction tech space kind of latch onto that. Yeah, and you already have uh, LiDAR uh, <laughs> on your right. iPhones. <laughs> so Exactly. And it's, it's, it's funny you're holding up your phone. Um, you know, that, that was one of the big takeaways as well was that, um, you know, the go-to-market strategy, I think, with augmented reality and mixed reality, however you want to slice and dice the headset versus the tablet, kind of the same general <clears throat> idea. Um, but, you know, I don't, we, didn't, we didn't necessarily see the need for $5,000 headsets um, when at the end of the day, what ended up happening was everyone gravitated towards iPads and iPhones. Um, and so, exactly, exactly. If you can develop for that, then you can develop for Vision Pro. One thing that I know that many companies struggle who develop technology for AR, MR for, in, in construction is the, how to position the the person and the glasses in in respect uh, with with the with the uh, construction and the and the model so uh, have you seen any good solutions in in that respect to, that would be easy to implement um i mean easy easy is difficult to to judge <laughs> I, th I, th I think i think traditionally there's we came we came upon four different localization techniques Th three of them are the traditional ways right so you have plane detection where you find a plane in the environment and then you localize to that 
The second was object detection. So if you're able to if you're able to fix onto an object that's fixed in space, then you can localize to that object. Um, the third one was image detection. So this is a lot of the QR code stuff um, that's out there, which which we heard a bit about and has some drawbacks, but seems to be kind of the state of the art at the at the moment. The the last one, which I think is somewhat newer, um, which we've seen some developers go towards, is called spatial detection. And so that's the ability to actually, for example, if you have you know a series of columns in a in a hall, you you don't just lock onto one column, you lock onto all of those columns, and that that helps really kind of hyper localize the headset. Um, so in addition to those, in addition to that kind of newer spatial detection technique, we're, we're also seeing um, something called a asynchronous localization. Um, and so that's the ability to basically, if, if you have connectivity on the job site, there's there's software and, and, and algorithms that are able to essentially adjust your field of view, depending on the movement of the headset. Um, but you really, I guess the challenge there is a lot of construction sites don't have really a high bandwidth and so you need you need good connectivity to make that work but that's kind of where that state of the art is headed is towards that that asynchronous localization yeah i'll also um ch chime in with one last thought here on the positioning so um i think i mentioned earlier like one of the first use cases that i thought of was just verifying if things are in the right spot or not right so um, even if the positioning as it is today isn't, you know, a thousand percent perfect, it's good enough to at least let you know, okay, this is really off. Let's pull a measuring tape. Um, or no, this looks like it's in the right spot. Let's let's move on with our QAQC. So um, there's still a lot of value. So I, I would hate for um, maybe somebody in the audience to say, oh, well, it's, it's not perfectly aligned. What's the use of it? It doesn't need to be a hundred percent perfect to get, um, some good workflows out of it. So I uh, just wanted to throw that out there as well. Yeah. And there are also tolerances in, 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 in the building. So, uh, not everything is perfectly, uh, positioned anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> if you have a beam model and you have the actual building, you can, you can see that they are not aligned in reality. <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, so there are opportunities now, and 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 the technology is evolving. But what is required from contractors or other project participants who want to utilize this uh, extended reality technology uh, in their workflows? What what's, what should they do? So I'll throw out a culture piece here. Um, be curious have team members that are at least willing to try. So uh, uh, we we often like skip to some of the technicalities, but I really think setting up an innovation culture and mindset in the organization is what's actually going to get, get the team started with using it and thinking about um, technology and construction in innovative ways. Uh, so the in the best cases that we saw, um, where teams are really successful at getting started at least. And of course, you know, going from zero to a hundred with the technology is just saying, you know, this is amazing. I can maybe use this for this specific application. Let me see how I can get started and start to explore really. So um, it's bringing that like exploratory, uh, I guess, a spirit to construction. Um, so so that's that's number one, that that culture piece. Um, there are, of course, you know, technical considerations. Um, you uh, probably would want to have some sort of a, a budget for um, iPads or you know tablets, something like that, to get you started. But 
I'll also put out there a lot of these solutions um, have free trials. You know, everyone pretty much has a mobile device, an iPhone these days that can run um, some sort of an AR MR app. So it's it's actually fairly easy to get started with experimenting with these types of tools. Um, so I'll uh, I'll kind of wrap wrap that up with the culture sentiment there. Um, Nate, do you want to add to that list on how to get started? Yeah, I mean, I, th I think um, what was really interesting in, in our research was that we sent a survey out. And um, in that survey, we asked folks to, to basically rank the barriers to adoption. And what was really interesting is the survey went out to the builders, but it also went out to the tech providers. And there was, there was a pretty clear discrepancy in terms of what the tech providers thought the barrier was and what the builders thought the barrier was. Um, so I'm looking at the report here. You know, on the provider side, their number one reason that AR and MR have challenges is that construction companies do not have the internal processes in place to realize the full benefits of the technology, um, which, I mean, I think objectively is somewhat true. I think if you honestly, if you look at the numbers and placer solutions over the past several years has done a survey of the top 400 building contractors in the U.S. and um and what, what we find is that, you know, less than half of the top building contractors have something like a virtual design and construction department. So I think on its face, that's true. Um, so look, looking on the builder side of it, their number one reason was that the value of existing AR and MR solutions does not outweigh the cost and resources to implement on projects, which I think is also somewhat true. I mean, I think a lot of the headsets, for example, are expensive. Um, the, so the software can be expensive, although to Aaron's point, I think, you know, if it's free, that's about as inexpensive as you can get. So, right yeah. um, so I, I, I think, you know, also, also somewhat true. Um, but you know, there it's, it's just interesting that there's this discrepancy between the providers and the builders in terms of what challenges need to happen. And I think it, I think it goes to show some of the, the takeaways in our report, which is that um, there needs to be more dialogue across that chasm between the providers and the builders and, um, and more mutual understanding of the challenges industry-wide in order to begin addressing them. I've actually heard about some uh, developers who have never visited a construction site. <laughs> They're developing for, for the industry. Because it's because it's challenging. I mean, honestly, you know, unless you're unless you're an innovation lead in a construction company, getting the getting the 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 person to sign off on you visiting, getting um, you know, getting someone to provide you with the proper PPE, um, getting you the training to go onto the job site, and then having someone chaperone you around the site, like that's. That, that's a bit of a lift that a lot of other industries don't have. Um, and so no, that, that's a great point, Arnie. And we talk about that in the report as well, is that first-time user experience in construction with AR and MR can be really difficult because of that. One thing that I wonder, uh, I actually was, uh, I was involved, uh, in, um, it was Trimble's BIM Awards, Global BIM Awards, and I was a jury member of that awards a couple of years ago, and there was one project in Norway, a bridge project, that didn't use any drawings at all. Everybody used models, and I think that was that was worth, worth the uh, award, uh, naturally. But when do you think we could reach a point where we don't need those paper drawings and other paper documents on the site, job site? Yeah, I, I've heard of other projects as well, um, at least claiming that, you know, they're 100% paperless, but it's very 
few and far between. So I do think there's a certain very, very small percentage that's achieving it today. Um, I just, just knowing how some of the culture is out on the site and there are a lot of, you know, naysayers that really just love the feel of their paper drawings and are just used to it. It's honestly a big comfort thing. Um, and I think it'll take a lot of time from my perspective for those who are really comfortable with paper to kind of let it go, if you will. Um, some of them might never be able to move on to what might be a little bit of a better solution for them. Um, so in my perspective, I think it's going to be a pretty long time until most of the industry is paperless. Um, but I want to say it's it's probably a matter of time as well of waiting for technology to catch up. And, you know, we've been talking about the headset uh, dilemma with, you know, they're still a little not accessible. They're a little too clunky. There are some issues with it. Um, so I think, you know, once the tech has caught up where it's super natural to be in a virtual world and be in digital world and using these tools, um, where it's as comfortable as flipping a paper drawing, then we'll start to see that, you know, accelerate. Um, but yeah, in my perspective, there's going to be some that really oppose that change just from a comfort level. You you said earlier that uh, some some in some instances it's easier to see the 3D image or or the model instead of of uh, trying to read it uh, as as a paper drawing, because there are people who cannot read drawings, <laughs> and and maybe this will open up the industry for people who are not not perfect in that sense. Um, Absolutely, and, and I mean, I'll maybe just pause on that for a second, Arnie. That was one of our takeaways. That was one of our takeaways as well. Was that you know these types of technologies really encourage people um, to enter the industry who otherwise might be a bit reluctant or hesitant. I, I think that there is an argument for AR and MR being an enabler of, of fresh young people and professionals to come into the industry because they might be intimidated by that stack of drawings and they, they you know, they don't, they're, and they're used to, they grew up with their iPhones and, and tablets and all of their devices, and maybe they're more comfortable with the headset. Um, I mean, I think I think it also opens up the opportunity for um, people to, you know, engage with the project in in new ways, right? Maybe you don't need to be on site at all times. Maybe, um, you know, having folks who are, um, you know, less inclined, like, you know, disabled or, um, or, you know, just for whatever reason, can't be on the job site, they're now able to participate in the project. And so I think it opens up a whole new avenue for people to interact with um, the job site environments in new ways. Okay. Um, finally, um, how can our listeners contact you and purchase a copy of this and other reports that you're putting out? Yeah. So placersolutions.io is the place to go. Um, there's a research and report section and the AR and MR um, report is there. Um, we're just finished up an artificial intelligence and construction report as well, which is pretty awesome. The early feedback we've got on it has been very positive as well. So I would encourage folks to check that out. Um, and yeah, we have a special discount code beyond the hype dash AR gets 35% off the augmented reality report if listeners are interested in that. Um, but otherwise, yeah, feel free to reach out to myself, nate.fuller at placersolutions.io. 
connect on LinkedIn. Um, both Aaron and I are there. Um, so yeah, feel free to get in touch. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, my LinkedIn is perfectly fine as well. So, uh, Aaron Khan, E-R-I-N-K-H-A-N. Thank you very much for being guests on, on the AEC business podcast and, uh, let's keep in touch and um, perhaps chat again when you have, uh, other reports coming up. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Sounds good. Thanks so much, Arnie. Appreciate the time. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to this podcast and visit aec-business.com, the award-winning blog, for more news and stories. 